Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, last week we had a we had a, so many incre- incredible shows. I love Coast View because it gives us the opportunity to celebrate the people who are leading on the front line. Um, you know, introducing you to some people maybe you don't know, and then when it comes to what's what's happening in Jackson, we'll we'll from time to time have legislators and key state leaders who are not from here, who have a love for coastal Mississippi, who can sort of share their perspective and tell what's going on in their world. And we had a little bit of all of that last week. So thank you for joining us. By the way, if you miss us on uh, 103.1, you can always go back to the Facebook page or the YouTube page for Super Talk. And uh, you can also, you know, spend some time looking at your favorite podcast. I, I, you know, I've, I'll listen to the shows, re-listen to the shows on podcasts often because I, I might miss something during conversations. I always like to go back and listen. If I'm out working in the yard or whatever, I'll listen to a conversation that I had with Tish Williams, for example, from the Hancock County Chamber, just to make sure I, I didn't miss anything that she had to say. I'm learning so much for this show. And one other thing, we announced yesterday that I'm going to be the new host for, for Super Talk Outdoors, a new, a new show in partnership with the foundation. It's the Foundation for Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, not the department. It's a foundation that raises money to support uh, efforts to conserve uh, our ability to enjoy the outdoors in, in the state. To, the, they like to say they conserve, work to conserve our outdoor heritage. But I'm thrilled to be the new host of Super Talk Outdoor, a statewide show going to multiple radio stations across the state so we can talk about our love of the outdoors and, uh, and how that plays out, whether you hunt or fish or do any number of other things that we have the incredible ability to do in this great state. I can't wait to bring that program to you on Super Talk Radio every single mo- Monday from, from uh, noon to one. What a great opportunity that is. I can't wait to meet so many great celebrities, actually, that are enjoying the outdoors and, and industry people like Mossy Oaks and, and uh, Primos Outdoors and so many others that are contributing to spreading the word about Mississippi around the world, I might add. But anyway, I look forward to you joining on that. So without any further ado, let's move to my friend Tish Williams. And uh, like I said, she's been on the show a bunch of times. I always like to go back and listen to my conversations with Tish because they're always inspiring. And she's always got something good and positive to say, but she's the CEO of the Hancock County Chamber and uh, she's been there for a long time. She's seen that county through thick and thin over a number of years. Then she's just a good friend. Tish, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me back on the show. Listen, my sister Mitzi, who lives in Guff, uh, Guff Park. No, no, let's see. Where does she live? She lives in uh, the small community in Ocean Springs. I can't remember the name of it, to be honest with you. But <laughs> She took a ride over to Bay St. Louis this past weekend, and she knew before she went. She'd been paying. She listens to my show. She listens to you on my mm-hmm. show. She listens to people like Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, who sings Hancock County's praises every time he's on the show. <laughs> so she's aware. She's aware that there's a renaissance going on there. That the pandemic has lit a fire. Even if you could, your fire was already lit. Certainly, the pandemic brought that more to fruition. But, you know, the number of people from New Orleans that are coming over and in some cases just reestablishing their roots here 
are rediscovering this place. But it's thriving. She knew when she got there it was going to be thriving. But when she got there, she was on Beach Boulevard, and she took a picture, and she sent it to me. She says, holy mackerel. I mean, <laughs> thriving probably is not the proper <laughs> adjective to describe what's happening in Day Saint, uh, downtown Bay St. Louis. I'm sure the same thing could be said for Diamond Head or even Hancock uh, down in Waveland. But it's thriving, isn't it, isn't it, these days? Yes, it is. And really, the pandemic has been the catalyst. Because, you know, especially our friends from New Orleans who have so many great memories of growing up here on weekends and in the summertime, they're like, wait a minute, you know, I can just live there year round. Why not? You know, great quality of life that we have here. It really is. And, you know, I had um, it, it, I can give you so many examples, but one of the best examples you and I, I think have talked about this before. But Julian Rankin, who's the executive director for the Walter Anderson Museum at Ocean Springs, I means one of the most articulate young, not just museum leaders, cultural leaders, but just leaders in general here in coastal Mississippi. What a bright star he is. But he often talks about uh, sending people over to Hancock County. You know, he 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 wants people. <laughs> To use the, the the museum as sort of a base station for operation, and then and then go explore these beautiful cities that make up coastal Mississippi. And it's interesting when I talk to you or others from leaders from Hancock County, you send them over to Jackson County and Ocean Springs as well. But man, the opportunity to to experience all these different and diverse, you know, uh, characteristics of coastal Mississippi. Is we work together, don't we? I mean, that's the when they say one coast, that's how it works together, isn't it? Yeah, I'm excited about your new show because really that is what we have to offer here. And we really don't market that enough, do we? You know, that that's the the experiences that people want. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it takes all of us working together. And coastal Mississippi is stronger when we when we work together and recognize and observe the diversity that exists in each of the communities. I often say that each of the communities of coastal Mississippi has its own unique sense of place, but when you bring all those things together, it's amazing. That's why what it's been disappointing to watch the coastal Mississippi tourism effort kind of, to some extent, fall apart in front of our eyes with the firing of Milton Seguera. Uh, the, uh, I think the, the the board members from Jackson County have said they're not going to attend any more meetings until a series of circumstances are met. We'll talk more about that at some point in the future. But what do you observe in all of that? Well, I have tremendous respect for Mark Henderson, who said it so well in his Facebook post. I am not on that board, so I don't know all the details of what happened behind the scenes in the executive sessions. But I think that Mark said it well. He said, I may be resigning, but I'm not quitting. And he offered some solutions on how everyone can have a seat at the table. Because when you think about it, it's the cities that are benefiting from the sales tax diversions that are generated by increased visitors. So why shouldn't the cities have a seat at the table? Right now, they don't. So I think that he has brought forth a solution to the problem. And you know, let's explore how we can make it better because right now it's not one coast. You know, one coast can't just be a brand. It can't be a slogan. It has to be a verb. And we have to demonstrate that we are one coast and the actions that we've all seen uh, that have taken 
place over the last few months do not communicate that we are one coast. And it is very disappointing. It is disappointing. But the way the way I look at it is it does create a defining moment for change. That is for sure. And, you know, as a as a community grows up, as a as a community matures, there's going to be opportunities to tweak things along the way. I mean, that's just the reality. So what, creating the, the, this coastal Mississippi tourism effort legislatively was a good step, and it was the result of a good compromise, et cetera. But we're finding that two or three personalities can literally change the course of history. No board can, not no no regional board should should allow two or three personalities to change the course of history. That that can't be. <clears throat> the other thing that that concerns me greatly, and I hope that this is fixed, is that people can be appointed to that board who um, who don't have a dog in the hunt, who are not don't work in tourism. Um, maybe they're retired, and I mean, I mean, there's a there's a role for retired folks. But the point is that when you have a dog in the hunt, in other words, when you've made a significant investment and you employ people, and that your success or failure, your business, your personal success or failure is based on getting this right. It's going to change the kind of decisions that you're willing to make. And so when, when they enable themselves over a long, many months to lead up to the termination of Milton Segarra, who's one of the most data-driven pe people I've ever met and, frankly, 100% supported by the gaming com uh, community and, and many, many, many in the business community, uh, then something's not right. Something's not right when that happens. And I'm, I'm proud that Milton will probably stay in coastal Mississippi, at least for the time being, because we're going to need we're going to need his advice and counsel as we sort of figure out where we go from here. But you, you're a big supporter of Milton, weren't you? He has been such a gentleman. He is highly experienced. He's brought so much to the Gulf Coast, and he's always treated me with tremendous respect. And I know others feel the same way about him. So, you know, it, it is hard to take that there was some problem with his contract or whatever. I don't I don't know the details. The bottom line is we know we have we have made history. OK, by bringing the coast together through the Regional Tourism Commission. But now we've got to fix what is broken and we need to look at all the options because we are almost there. But but. Now we see that um, there are problems with the legislation that need to be fixed. And we'll, uh, we'll be focused on getting that done. I'm really pleased to see the number of people, the, the top-notch leaders from all three counties that are involved in that effort. And uh, hopefully we can get it done. I'll, I'll be watching every step of the way and talking about it. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Tish Williams and find out what's the latest at the Hancock County Chamber as they focus on taking advantage of these incredible opportunities in front of them as this economy over there just continues to thrive. We'll see you after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coast U. I always enjoy the opportunity to catch up with Tish Williams because she's so in touch with her community. She's such an advocate for her community. And uh, if you go all the way back to the days after Hurricane Katrina through today, Tish has been this like unbending, passionate advocate for her community. And what's what's interesting about studying the the, the Hancock County Chamber is that it has continued to sort of mature for the moment, whether it be multimedia, you know, doing their videos and their podcast, or whether it's focusing on their program at work, or whether it's their leadership programs that are incredibly dynamic and important to their success, your ability to form strategic partnerships with so many of the incredible businesses that do business in your in your area, you have to be able to do, you have to hit on a lot of cylinders to have a successful chamber, don't you? And it keeps it really interesting because as one after another comes our way, we just we change to meet the demands of our community and to give our members and our community what they need, the information they need to be able to continue to grow their businesses. And you know, and that's been critical during the pandemic. What what I've loved about what you guys have done is, and I see several chambers have done this. You didn't have to be a member to seek help and advice from you guys. You kind of all bets were off. We're here to serve the community. And we're going to make sure we're sort of a conduit for information uh, that, you know, at the end of the day, you just put business success, whether they were a member or not, business success at the top of your agenda during the pandemic. And it really paid off, didn't it? It helps if everyone would be a member. But, yes, we are here for you, whether you're a member or not, because these small businesses don't. They don't have the time to do the research and to look into the details that affect their business. You know, one of the things that's coming up is, and, and you know, it, it's going to, some people may not even be aware of it, but flood insurance changes are coming. And, you know, if it wasn't complicated enough, starting October 1, the whole rating process is going to be changing again. And so we are going to have a webinar, what we're calling the Power Hour Coffee Call. All of our coffee calls are now virtual um, because it's it's more effective, more efficient, you know, and people can tune in when they have the opportunity, just like they do here on your show. And we actually have an expert that's going to come in and talk to uh, our community. Anyone can can zoom in. They can listen to it on Facebook and ask the questions you know, that they need to get the answers to. And the most important thing is to realize that you you will be penalized should your flood insurance lapse. That's not, that's a, yeah, this is a major change. I've been keeping up with them. Who's going to be the speak, spokesman or the speaker for that? So we that have everyone. the senior vice president of compliance and agency training with Right Flood, and it's going to be brought to you by South Group Insurance. Everybody knows Angeline. Trutel's rang, and she is our host for this this uh, webinar. That's that's uh, that's good to see. I mean, you can't educate enough. There's always big changes, right. and, and business people are moving fast, man. They, it's so easy to miss something important like changes in in the flood insurance program, but there are dynamic changes, and you know, incre- you know, it's more than incremental, isn't it? It has been. And if you want to tune in, it's on Wednesday, September 29th at 10 a.m. And it'll be on the Hancock Chamber Facebook. And then we'll um, put it on our uh, our podcast as well. So, you know, how will you be able to reduce your flood insurance rate? 
You can add flood mitigation for your home. You can look into higher deductibles, private flood markets, and pray for no flooding in our area. <laughs> yeah, pray for no flooding. <laughs> wow. But and then, know. of course, you've had, you know, you've had historic floods, not just from hurricanes, but across the nation. And that puts even more stress on the program. In fact, unfortunately, you've had, you've had uh, stress on areas that have flooded that were not even in the flood zone. We know that well because we had to face that after Hurricane Katrina. But, you know, they're, they, they've tried to continue to work to make the, pro, the, flood, the national flood insurance program one that, uh, to some extent, pays for itself. It's, it's almost like pay me now or pay me later. If they don't have the flood insurance program, there's going to be billions of dollars of recovery that's going to be required to do some kind of recovery effort after these major events. Mm-hmm. And the flood insurance program is important to all of us. It's really important. It's also important that it be affordable because if it's not affordable, it makes it very difficult for businesses and especially residences to be built in areas that are, you know, so many areas here in coastal Mississippi, especially because of Katrina. <laughs> Katrina the highest storm surge and ever recorded in U.S. history here, what that did is it, it pushed the, the base flood elevations for coastal Mississippi extremely high, which means a lot of areas that would not normally be flooded areas or areas subject to flood and, are, and that same elevation is not, not subject to mm-hmm. flood insurance requirements in places like Pensacola or Mobile, et cetera, because they haven't been hit by a hurricane. We, to some extent, we are we're, we're at a disadvantage because of that. We need an affordable program. This is a step toward creating that, but it remains to be seen what the reaction is going to be as people start getting their bills and understanding what zone they're in, et cetera. It's, it's going to, there's a lot to learn about it, isn't there? Yes. So I hope everybody will tune in on September 29th at 10 o'clock. So let me ask you a question. Um, what is the latest on you did a I think you did virtual leadership program before uh, maybe some face to face what's what what are you going to do going forward with your leadership program well, we, we just kicked off the leadership program we've gone back we tried a virtual um program it's just not as effective we don't believe you know everything about being part of a chamber is building relationships and as much as we try to do that through Zoom and through our virtual sources, certainly it's more effective to be one-on-one. And so just last week, we kicked off our new leadership class and we're really excited that we're gonna be able to move forward you know, with um, the program as we have known it in the past. This last year, we did a leadership legacy program for our alumni and so, that helped to reignite relationships with our 500 alumni. But we're glad that we're back to where we used to be and that our that our citizens will have the opportunity to participate in the leadership program as we've always known it. And yeah. one of the people that's in the leadership class is our new library director. And that might be somebody that you wanna bring on to your show. And he comes to us from uh, Northwestern University Libraries out of Illinois. So he's very uh, credentialed. And I think he's going to be a, a great asset to our community. Oh, that's exciting to hear. You know, I, I agree with you. It's hard to do a leadership program. I've been involved in so many over the many years that doesn't give you the ability. I, I certainly, in the pandemic, if you have to use technology, you have to use technology. And that's better than nothing for sure. But 
The value is, is what happens between meetings as people have, you know, strike up these impromptu conversations or what happens when they're having a glass of wine at sort of social events or whatever. It's, you know, they're developing new relationships. What happens when they go back to work and they keep those conversations going? You never know where those, you know, unique connections will take you. And if you go back in the history of leadership programs across the coast of Mississippi, a lot of the people who are in the key positions today were the people working together during the leadership program back then. And they're and and they're more effective today, not just because of what they learned in the leadership program, but because of the relationships they developed during the leadership program. You see that all around you, don't you? Yes, and this year we started a new leadership program for our Women's Leadership Roundtable. And we actually kicked that off last week, too, where we are, through our Women's Leadership Roundtable, we're matching up mentors with mentees. And so we have 10 groups that will be building a relationship with each other over the next year. And we believe it's going to be a life-changing experience for both the mentor and the mentee to be able to learn from each other and to, to build relationships that will last a lifetime. And, you know, you said that so well, and it, it sounds good. And sometimes people say those kind of things and they don't mean it. But in your case, you say it and you mean it because you've seen it. And it makes, I mean, it empowers people. I, I can't I always come back to what John Harrison said because it was powerful. And every, you know, Roland said this and Jerry St. Pay said this and all these, you know, leaders that Jer John, George Logan, so many others, they say it similarly. But the way John said it was pretty powerful. And he said, you just don't choose to go lead the Hancock County Chamber, for example. You have to do your reps. You got to you got to get involved. You got to be involved in committees. You got to do numerous different nonprofit organizations so you can see how the world fits together. And then as you do your reps and flex those muscles, you, you take a step forward and take a step forward. That's what the leadership programs are about. It's about giving people a chance to do some reps, flex, flex some muscles, see where they might be interested in using their, their leadership. And uh, and it just it just makes a, a huge difference at the end of the day. How's your team there at the chamber doing these days? Oh, they're great. Uh, you know, uh, we have we have really turned into a multimedia organization. And so thankfully, I have put together a great team with Ann Petrie and Jessica Pallotta. And it's just an amazing team. We're going to be um, celebrating our key businesses and outstanding citizens on November 4th. Finally, it's taken us almost two years to be able to have our annual awards gala. So I've got a number of small businesses and citizens that we're going to be recognizing and you should probably have them on your show. <laughs> so yeah, you well, please, out. hey, you know me, you, all you have to do is send me the names. I mean, we, we'll add them to the list and we'll get to them for sure. Hey, we're coming to the end of our time together, Tish, but thank you for, uh, you know, giving us an update on what's on your mind these days. Thanks for your continued leadership and we look forward to seeing you again in the very near future. All right. Thank you, Ricky. Thank have you so day. much. When we when we come back, we're going to have Dr. Moby Solange. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.